Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, bro. Hey, Hey, bro. Slendy. Hey. You already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. You know the job ain't done. So we hold that trophy up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 530 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is December 4th, 2023. Also got fellow Padres fan Jacob Redondo on the show. He's been on the show once before. Uh, we used to play baseball together. That was feels like such a long time ago. Um, but it's fun to have him on. He is obviously a passionate Padres fan and passionate about this Juan Soto discussion and the winter meetings are underway so there's a lot of different questions to get into here about Juan Soto and if you're live here on YouTube you can leave your comments there uh, in the chat questions comments we'll get to that here in a little bit Jacob thanks so much for joining the show uh first wanted to just talk about how much you've been passionate about this subject and what do you think the Padres need to get back here for Juan Soto I think that's really the best question to start because I think that he's going to get dealt. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, I, uh, I've come to the conclusion that he's going to get traded. Obviously, I think we all have. And it's a tough bullet to bite. But um, I think they just really need to get the best package possible. And that's obviously easy to say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, some of these packages that Yankees fans come up with have been <laughs> driving me crazy. And I think that's why you probably wanted me on the show. Because I've been getting in arguments with Yankee fans on Twitter and Instagram, and they think they've got the next coming of uh, Nolan Ryan and Michael King mm-hmm. with, with two years of control. Like, I just – I can't – I don't see how you could sell it to a fan base to trade a 25-year-old superstar for a 28-year-old 
Seth Lugo pretty much, you know, like I yeah, know he's- that's, that's where I was at the beginning. <laughs> My thought process, especially at the start of the off season was like, you can't sell it to the Padres fan base that you're trying to go all in and win the world series. When you're not going to have Blake Snell, you're not going to have Josh Hader, probably not going to have Lugo Waka. You're not going to have Martinez. We know that now not going to have Juan Soto. I get it. We have a talented still core of players here, but you can't sell it that you're still trying to go all in a win without those pieces. But realizing the circumstances, and it seems like ownership, because A.J. Preller doesn't want to trade Juan Soto. Like, hopefully people understand that he doesn't want to trade Juan Soto. Right. You'd, you'd have to be an idiot if you, you, know, you want to trade Juan Soto. So I think it's ownership that's saying, hey, $200 million, that's the number that we want to get around, and Major League Baseball as well, because there, there's the debt service stuff the rules that they're that they have there to try to get the Padres payroll to be back down where it's more manageable and it makes sense. I guess they're trying to look out for the Padres. Um, yeah, I'm at the point where I understand that the more complete roster is to trade Juan Soto. You can get major league pieces back, hopefully, and hopefully you can get some young pieces back that can help you maybe in the future as well. You're not going to bring them back long term. Build more of a complete roster. If you deal Juan Soto, that opens up 30 plus million dollars. And then you subtract that with who comes back in the deal. You're still going to have a lot more room to work with to add pieces because there's a lot of things that need to be done with this team. And you wouldn't be able to accomplish that with Juan Soto still on the roster. Right. And I agree. And just the frustrating thing for me, and I think for everyone that's a Padre fan, is just the fact that like this, this situation was so avoidable. Yeah. Um, and, they, I mean, they made their own bed, and I don't really know whose decision it was to give out these monster contracts. But um, I was listening to John and Jim, and they say it best: is your main priority should have been to keep Juan Soto once you got him, especially for three years. Like, you, we all figured that he was going to be here for the two and a half years, yeah. and. They very easily, and it didn't seem likely at the time, but they very easily could have extended him if they played their cards right. And they could they have though, like because okay, yeah, if they offer him, you know, five hundred fifty million dollars, but a reasonable extension offer, could they have actually extended him? Because it seems like to me his mind has always been set, or Boris's mind, I guess, always been set on going to free agency. Like so, like that's the question. I, I'm someone that thinks that, like, A.J. Preller, he's gotten enough opportunities, but considering the circumstances, he's the best guy to run the, the job right now, considering everything that has happened. Um, but it just feels like, to me, they were trying to win it all in 2023, and they wanted to get the best offense possible, and they thought Judge was that. They thought Trey Turner was that. That didn't happen. So their mind was set on, yes, we're bringing in a big free agent, and if we can't sign Juan Soto, well, at least – we have Xander Bogarts, we have Tatis, we have Manny, we have this core of players here. We can't control what Juan Soto thinks and what he wants to do, what Scott Boris wants to do. It's not a guarantee that we can get, bring Juan Soto back, even if we offer him $500 million. Right. We can't control that. We can't, what we can control is bringing Xander Bogarts in because we're going to blow everyone else out of the water on this offer, and that's what they decided to do. And then Manny Machado... Sure, some Padres fans will be like, that was too much. Peter Seidler jumped in there, which it's been reported about. Like, he, he's the one that jumped in there. Some people in the front office were willing to wait 
maybe that would have been the smart move, but I think we can all agree we wanted Manny Machado here long term. So anyone that wants to, you know, be yelling about that, I think that you're just looking at hindsight and you're like, oh, Manny had a down year. Oh, Soto's going to have to be dealt. We wanted Manny here long term. And I think they wanted to try to win and they wanted to secure another big time player. They couldn't secure Juan Soto. So that's what they decided to do. Now, the Darvish thing, we can talk about that. The Cronenworth thing, we can talk about that. But I think they just tried to guarantee that they'd still have another superstar here. They couldn't guarantee that with Soto at the time. Right. And see, I, I'm I'm one of the fans that I'm totally cool with Machado, that yeah. contract. It's going to look great either way in 10 years. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's going to be one of the only players to get 3,000 hits and like 500 home runs. You know, like there's only a select few that can do that. And the thing for me is like, I think if they're giving out $400 million contract offers to judge, that easily could have gone to Soto. And I always, I keep going back and forth on it. Like, I obviously think there's probably an 80 to 90% chance they trade Soto. And the thing for me is like, if you, extended Soto you don't actually have to win in 2024 I know it sounds like right. frustrating for fans but it opens a window if you have him and Tatis and obviously you'll have Machado as well and Bogarts but you have that window of like 10 to 15 years of where you could win you don't have to win in 2024 and I would rather have that 10-year window than the one-year window or two-year window with Michael King as the return <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you're, yeah, that's an interesting point. You talk about the judge offer and fighters are willing to give, you know, way more than the Yankees are willing to give. And same thing with like Trey Turner. Like there was a lot of money that they offered there, not at the same level as judge. So the judge money you're saying could have gone to Soto. But again, I, I like go to, well, it wasn't a guarantee that he would have signed that extension. I feel like his mind was so set on going to free agency. He already right. turned down 440. And so. Right. I are, the, are the Padres, we're the Padres going to sit there and say, yeah, Juan, we'll give you $550 million just to make you say, no, I'm not going to free agency. Because even if they would have offered him $500 million, he's a confident guy. Boris is a confident guy. Boris is seeing, and I'm sure Soto's seeing it as well. The market for these guys, the money keeps going up. So they're just seeing that. They're seeing that Otani is going to sign for whatever he's going to sign for. And he's totally a different guy than Soto, but they're going to bring that up. And they're going to try to compare it to Otani and the money that these guys are getting. And so I just felt like it just wasn't a guarantee and the Padres went with the guarantee. Right. And I mean, last year at this time, it was just so different, you know, because I think you could compare their lineup the way it was structured at one point. It was like when we played the Phillies in the NLCS, it, it felt like the first five batters were just like, like, how do we get these guys out? And then it dropped off. I think that's what they were kind of looking to do. And like on paper, it looked great, but obviously it backfired. But uh, yeah, man, it's just, this whole situation is just frustrating. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about Jason Dominguez. So Dominguez or no deal. I feel like that's a lot of Padres fans or, you know, social media is not all Padres fans. I understand that, but there's a lot of people that are out there saying Dominguez or no deal, Dominguez or it's not happening. To me, that's just unrealistic. I think Spencer Jones is more realistic. I still think that's a little unrealistic. I get it's Juan Soto, but the Yankees do have a valid argument when they can say, yeah, it's one year of Juan Soto, and you want us to take on Trent Grisham, 
which it's not that much money and it's only two years, but still you guys want to take that on. You want us to take that on. So that's going to lessen the return as well. And this isn't a situation where it was three years of Soto or even two years. If it was two years, then I think the Padres would definitely have more of a, an argument to ask for someone like Jason Mingez or ask for someone like Spencer Jones. But in this case, I get it. The Padres do have some leverage, but I feel like the other teams have more leverage here because they see the Padres and they're like, they've got to trade Soto if they want more of a complete roster. What, right. they're just going to waste a year of Manny's prime and Musgrove and all that? They're just going to waste that? No, they're going to try to get more of a complete roster. I think those other teams see that, yeah, they're going to trade Soto. Ownership is almost telling them they they have to trade Soto if you want a complete roster here. We'll give, we're giving you a number, how much you how much you can spend. Maybe that's coming from Major League Baseball as well. And now the Padres have to go make the most out of it. And so I think other teams see that, and they're like, no, we're not going to give you Dominguez. We're not going to give you Spencer Jones. We're going to give you this, and you're asking for way too much. It's a negotiation, so it's right. this is just what's going to happen. I'm not surprised by it. You know, not no activities really happening right now with this. Not surprised, but Dominguez or no deal. I just I want that to be out of Padre fans' heads because I just think that's unrealistic. Where do you stand on that? I mean. Obviously, I would like Dominguez, but yeah, I mean, it is kind of unrealistic, especially if they're asking to asking the Yankees to take on Grisham, which yeah. I, I don't understand why you would do that in a Soto deal. Because I, I think you could get pitching for Grisham. Like, now you're not going to get a star. You know, you're maybe getting a fifth starter for Grisham. But there's there's someone out there that could take Grisham. I, I do think Grisham's a good player, just not in San Diego, because we don't know how to fix players. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if he's on Tampa, you know he's hitting 20 bombs. Uh, he's going to have like an 850 OPS, something like that. But I mean, even on a team like the Yankees with the short porch, like that guy could – I mean, there's that at Petco too, um, especially in the corner. But, yeah, it's just – it feels like he's more of a fit somewhere else. And so, yeah, I, I do see him being moved. I just think that that could lessen the return a little bit. And I oh, think yeah. you, you want to maximize the return. Right, and the Nationals – uh, were smart a few years ago when they were trading with us is they didn't include Patrick Corbin and they, if they wanted yeah. to, they could have, but they got their max return. And our return is already going to be diminished because of the one-year rental, even though I think he would sign a huge extension with the Yankees anyways. Um, but yeah, adding Grisham, even though it's only $6 million, um, I just I don't think that's smart either. Um, and that takes away from your package, obviously. Do we think that the Padres are like set on Jung Hu Lee? Because, so that's why they're thinking about trying to move Grish. Like, or one, they're over it and they're just ready to move on. And two, they're thinking they're going to deal Soto. That'll open up room. And then they can go get someone like Jung Hu Lee to play center field. They have Tatis and right. They can add um, a one year deal guy to play left field. And that's just how they'll go about it. And hopefully they got pitching back in the deal. See, I'm I'm hoping they're not relying on the fact that they're gonna get John Ho Lee. Um, I like, I mean, he's got good numbers in Korea, but we saw that it takes a few years to transition. Yeah, uh, like for Hassan Kim, it's just like getting an expensive prospect, in my opinion. Um, when you have guys like Jacob Marcy in uh, the minor leagues, he just won Arizona Fall League uh, MVP. Yeah, um, you have a guy that's really similar, and I know. 
I'm not sure if Jung Ho Lee won like MVPs over there or whatnot, but I think he won three. Or no, 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 he won. I think he won like three gold gloves. I saw MLB post about this. I think he won one MVP. He was hitting 340, had an OPS almost 900. But again, that's not a major league baseball, so it's it's a question right. mark for sure. Like Hassan Kim won an MVP over there too. And the thing with Jung Ho Lee is he has no power. I don't think right. Yeah. And See, that comes back to where it could put us in the situation where we look at a contract like, did you really need to pay this guy X amount of money or when you had this? You know what I mean? And you have prospects in the minor leagues. I mean, I hear people say that the Padres have nothing. They don't have nothing. I, I watch these guys in Lake Elsinore all the time. I keep up with their stats in Fort Wayne and San Antonio. Jacob Marcy had a really good year, and he's, he's a college guy, so he's going to be uh, – he'll be a little bit more ready than like a high school guy, you know, like he's faced better competition and he proved it in the Arizona fall league. Yeah. And then they have guys like Graham Pauly just had him on the show right. recently, like Padres minor leaguer of the year, I believe. Yeah. I'm, guys I'm that are developing. I think that maybe some fans aren't realizing or, you know, there's some fans like, I'm not going to expect everyone to know about the minor league system. So I understand right. if people are like right. only go for major league pieces, but at some point here, we're going to have to have these guys come up. Because right. we have these long-term contracts, and the payroll is not going to be two hundred fifty million dollars every year. I mean, we're seeing it this year with it going to be two hundred million. At least that's the the target. Right, and I I do like Grant Pauly a lot. Um, I think they tried to move him to like a corner outfield spot for part of the year last year. Um, he's mainly a third baseman, but uh, yeah, he's got really good power. Um, I watched him a lot in Lake Elsinore, and he kind of reminds me of like a a Brandon uh, Lau. With okay. the Rays. So, yeah, I, I'm a fan of him. See, that's like what I'm trying to say is like, I think we have pieces. I would invest in pitching um, with money, I guess, especially if you're going to trade Soto, go get pitching. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, who do you think has the leverage here? I, I know there's there's some Padres fans that are saying the Padres have all the leverage because they don't have to trade Juan Soto. Right. But I'm like, okay, sure, you don't have to trade Juan Soto, but good luck constructing a pitching staff then good luck having more of a complete roster then Juan Soto's a great player but look how much money he's making look at all the holes that you have other teams see that and they see that the Padres are trying to win they want to contend in 2024 so look there's surprise teams every year I'm not like there's teams that you don't think about oh they could be a, they're not going to be a contender and then they're a contender and then they go make it to the World Series but you look at those teams and they had good pitching performances from their players. Some guys stepped up that we didn't really know about, but then there's guys at the top of the rotation that everyone knows about. So, like, you have to have that, and the depth's just not there with the pitching staff. And so it's just it goes back to the complete roster thing, and other teams realize that about the Padres. So, sure, the Padres have some leverage because they're the team that has Juan Soto, but I don't think they have more leverage than other teams in this. Right. Um, I think the Padres have a little bit more leverage than they're getting credit for. Um, obviously the fact that they do have Juan Soto and multiple teams are in on him, um, like the Blue Jays, um, and whoever, I, there's over 20 teams that would want Juan Soto and taking on $30 million isn't that big of a deal for another team besides the Padres. And the, the other reason I would say the Padres have more leverage is because Preller is on the hot seat, you know, and he he's going to have to do something to win now. And 
I don't know if – see, the thing, the hard thing is, like, with the package that they want is they can't get a bunch of young guys because they have to win now, right? But they do have the leverage because he could keep Soto and just diminish the farm and just go get Burns, you know, like – Yeah. If, I mean, you can't take your prospects with you if you're fired is what I'm trying to say. Right. Right. But how much how much is Corbin Burns projected to make this year? I think it's thirteen million. Okay, so that's already over two hundred right there. Right. I'm not saying they they can't go over two hundred, right. but Corbin Burns is one guy. So yeah. now you have Burns, you have Musgrove, you have Darvish. Okay, let's say Abilas five or Waldron five. You want Abila and Waldron being four and five. Um, Iriarte, would he be ready for the beginning of the season? I'm not so sure. Um, he kind of he kind of projects as a reliever, anyways. Yeah. So what about someone like Adam Mazur? Is that someone that's ready for the beginning of the season? No. And I mean, a lot of these guys are going to be ready by next year, but you know, that's obviously <laughs> like next year. I mean like 2025. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's not what should be AJ Preller's priority again, because you know, I think he knows this too. I don't think Eric Kutsenda and Eric Gruppner are as high on him as, Peter Seidler was there was no one right. higher on AJ Preller than Peter exactly. Seidler and it's unfortunate obviously what happened mm-hmm. um but like that's it's just the change of circumstances he's going to tell the media right when he talks to the media today tomorrow Wednesday Shilt I think's talking Tuesday mm-hmm. someone asks him about oh about his job does that add more pressure he's just going to give the answer that we all expect because he doesn't say anything but maybe his mind does change a little bit and yeah he's willing to part with some guys in the farm, but I think he also realizes that he has a talented team. And if this team can win in 2024 and, you know, make the postseason and go deep, win a series, maybe he stays still. Schilt maybe stays for 2025. And then those guys could come up. And if you trade those guys, they're not coming up. And then Corbin Burns is gone in for agency, let's say. Right. And then now what happens in 2025 I don't know what their payroll looks like going into 2025 right now, but there's probably more room to spend then. Um, but it is, it's just a lot of things that AJ obviously has to be looking at and asking, you know, looking at himself in the mirror really and saying, okay, what's really the best thing for me to do um, in this spot? Preller, him attaching Grish, like we talked about with this deal, I think like, what's the better thing them attaching Grish to a Yankee deal, let's say with Soto or you maximize the return for Soto from the Yankees and you trade Grish to another team. But what would you get back from that other team? Like, is that other team giving you pitching, let's say, that is better than what the Yankees w- could give you in pitching? You know, well, but- I, think, I think you could get like a project type starting like at number five for Grisham. I really do. Because um, being a gold glove center fielder, especially two times, is valuable in this league. Plus, he has power. Um, could they get, let's say, Alec Manoa for Trent Grisham? I don't no, think so. No. Yeah. No shot. And see, that's a that's a. I'm glad you brought that up because I would rather trade with the Blue Jays for Alec Manoa than get Michael King from the Yankees. Because Manoa is under more control. Yeah, and he, I mean, what was he? You believe in the upside three, because he was like he, a top he's been a starter two years ago. Yeah. You know? and he's already no. been a starter. You're relying that King can transition into a starter and yes i know he was a starter for what september last year yeah, I, don't know, I don't know a ton about him but um you're hoping that he could continue that and 
we saw how it went with Waka and Lugo last year, where they, they had really good moments, right? But they had struggle with the longevity of the season. Because Waka, I want to say, missed at least like a month or a month and a half. Yeah. Um, Lugo, Lugo, Lugo with the calf, that was yeah, a little right. more extended than what we thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I, I would rather just get like a – I mean, Manoa is like – I think I looked it up right before we started. He's controlled until 2028. Michael King is till, – Two, two years. Yeah, two years. So, um, yeah, if you could get a guy like Manoa, especially it's easy to like – revamp a career in San Diego when you're a pitcher because the yeah. ballpark is horrible to hit in, especially in the first two months of the year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, moving, I want to hit on Otani because not Padres signing Otani, which was ridiculous. Whoever, whatever, whoever fan put that uh, Otani Boulevard thing or whatever up there, that was, I don't know if that's Photoshopped or if that's real. That's pretty crazy. Maybe that was a Dodger fan trolling. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But with Otani, should the Padres wait? That's the main title here of this episode. Should the Padres wait for Otani to sign before trading Soto? Because if he signs with the team, I'm expecting it to be the Dodgers. I'm fully prepared for that. If it's the Dodgers, then the Yankees, they're still going to be desperate for Soto. The Mariners, I don't really believe that they would get Soto. Um, But a team like the Cubs, would they enter in? Uh, The Blue Jays, would they be more... Uh, desperate for someone like Soto because if with the Blue Jays it was Soto Otani and both are DH got both can be DH those are your big bat a guy that can hit over 30 home runs if you don't get Otani you're still looking for that there's nobody in free agency that gives you that right that is left so but but also you know the question is if if the Padres wait for Otani to sign and there are other teams that they want a big impact bat. Are they going to actually be more desperate? Like, I feel like they're still going to be measured. Like, if you're the Padres, another risk is who knows when Otani's going to sign. Right. I don't believe reports out there about anything really about Otani because Otani and Bellello, they're keeping everything so wrapped and under wraps. At least they're trying to. I just don't really believe reports that are out there. Like, Morosi, it's not like I don't like John Morosi or don't like these reporters. But anyone that says, oh, expected to sign in the next week, who is that? Who are you talking to? You're talking to just GMs at the winter meetings that aren't involved in these talks. Even if you're talking to someone involved in the talks, how do they know? Like Shohei Otani is just so different, I feel like, from these other cases that we don't know. So he could sign in two weeks. And then you could have starters coming off the board. And I saw some people on social media saying, well, it's not like they're going to go after Yamamoto. So, yeah, they can wait. Lugo could sign today. He could sign tomorrow. Walker yeah, could sign today, I tomorrow. I think if you're concerned with filling out your roster, you need to get rid of Soto as soon as possible. But if yeah. you're concerned with getting the best package, you should wait. Um, that's just really the decision they have to make. And if they think they can afford to wait, which I don't think they really can, if they want to fill out the roster, especially free agency, it, it really just depends the route they want to go. Do they want to make trades or do they want to sign guys? And obviously the more expensive route is to sign guys. So they might wait, wait it out um, to get the best package possible. Um, we'll just have to see. It's just, what do you want to see the, the Padres do after Soto though? They're going to have to get pitching and then they're going to have to find diamonds in the rough for the outfield. And 
I was looking at some guys. Um, there's guys out there that could like fill the spots in the outfield. Um, that's not really what I'm concerned with. What I'm concerned with is just finding arms because Darvish is aging. Musgrove's coming off of a shoulder injury. And then you pretty much have nothing after that. Um, I'm cool with Avila and Waldron like fighting for the final spot because I think they both deserve that shot. But uh, yeah, you're going to have to have starters number three and four. Yeah, and I'm looking at the starters now. It's just a tricky spot that the Padres are in because I think that one of the starters they go get is someone on a one-year deal, someone with upside, someone like a Jack Flaherty. Then there's others like Martin Perez, but how many years is he going to get? And market value, according to Spot Track, is a little less than $11 million. That's a pretty good amount. But that's pretty much what even these one-year deals, two-year deals, you know, Kenta Maeda, guys like that that already signed, that's pretty much what they're signing for. You know, Lance Lynn, what he got, right? So right. it's just a, if the Padres want to go get a couple starters, you're going to be spending $20-plus million on that, even if, it's, even if both of them are one-year upside plays even you know Corey Kluber what is he going to get maybe he gets less than 10 but because I know his year was disappointing last year but even them that's just the way that this starting pitching market is right now and then if you go to someone like Lugo that's someone that's going to get probably three years maybe four and that's going to be over 10 million dollars easily per year walk is going to be over 10 million dollars per year so it's just in a they're just it's in an interesting spot. And so that's why I think it's so important to maximize that return for Soto to get starting pitching because that starting pitching you get back is going to be less than $10 million a year. And right. that can help you build out the roster more. And that, Yeah, that's why I say like they could wait to get the best package. and It won't hurt them. It, the sooner they trade them, the more likely they are to go the free agency route, which I, I don't see is possible with the debt issues or whatever. So. If they want to save money, they're going to have to do it through trades. And that's why I'm like not really keen on trading Grisham with Soto, even though like I just can't wrap my head around why you would want to trade Grisham with Soto. Unless if the Yankees are asking for him, because they're going to have to fill a spot in center field while uh, Dominguez is out. Because he's and that would be a cheaper – it would be a cheaper Kevin Kiermeyer, Right. And they might think that Michael A. Taylor, maybe they don't like him or they think that he's just going to go back to the Minnesota Twins or right. get a better offer than they're willing to give him. And so they are just they just want to go with, hey, we get multiple years of control with Grish. It's $6 million, a little more next year. Bottom of the bottom of the order, he can hit home runs for you. Yeah, um, there, there's upside with, with Grisham. I mean, I don't – I can see how frustrating – believe me, I get frustrated with trying Grisham too. But there, I see the potential there. I see why they keep running him out there, you know, and – he was he had the clutch gene in the playoffs. I don't know where yeah. that came from, but yeah. Let's go to the manager hiring. I haven't been able to speak with you since then. About Schilt, I think that was the safest move. I think it was the right move considering the circumstances. We cannot be a fan of AJ Preller. Some people, there's a lot of people that aren't fans of AJ Preller and they want him gone, but you can't change that. Right. I wanted someone that had the relationship with him. And I didn't think Flaherty was ready for it. Now Flaherty goes to the Cubs, obviously. So Schilt was that guy. I'm interested to see. That's one of the questions that I had yesterday going into these winter meetings. What is the coaching staff going to look like? Is there going to be any news on that? Because I thought the coaching staff would have been filled out before the winter meetings happened. 
Um, I think the Mets just officially announced their coaching staff. So it right. could be coming to a close. Um, but with Schultz, I think it was the right move. I think it was um, the move that I think would still have players excited to play for that manager. And they would, they right. know Mike Schultz. And I think that, and the Preller, the Preller relationship is just as important, it feels like, as Schultz's relationship uh, with the players as well. Um, yeah, I, I really like Mike Schultz, actually. Um, honestly, I kind of – I think the Padres need – like, Bob Melvin is a good manager, obviously. But I think the Padres just needed a different voice because clearly what Bob Melvin was trying to do last year was not working. I mean, how many team meetings did they have um, that just didn't work? I mean, we started laughing at him at some point. Yeah. Um, and the thing with Mike Schilt is I remember that series where – Pretty Tyler O'Neill went off. You remember in 2021, we got swept by the, the Cardinals. Emilio Pagan, yep. Yep. I remember it was a Friday game. Tyler O'Neill hit like a go-ahead three-run home run or something like that. And you saw Mike Schultz celebrating in the dugout with his players. And I remember Mud was saying, the Padres need a manager like that where the players will run through a wall for him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're getting in Mike Schultz, I think. So. I think that's what they need. Guys like Manny, are, he's a fiery guy, you know? Mm. And although Bob Melvin is a good manager and he had two winning seasons with the Padres, how many managers could say that? <laughs> Not many. Um, I just think they needed a different voice, really. And I feel like Schilt is more committed to the Padres. I mean, clearly. Right. More committed to the Padres than Bomo was. And if they were winning, Bomo would be committed to the Padres. Like, I understand that. Um, but yeah, like I want that full commitment and this is obviously looking back now, but that pissed me off at the press conference when Bomel was talking about how, yeah, every time I came to San Francisco, I would look over at the other side of the dugout. It's like, that's not who I want a part of my organization. I want yeah, that, that, that made me move on from Bob Melvin right there. Yeah. That's like, okay, whatever. Like, give me a guy that's want, hungry, give me a guy that's hungry to win for San Diego. And I think Mike Schill is that guy because I think he went. Did he correct me if I'm wrong, but he went to the postseason three out of three times. Yes. When he was with the Cardinals. Yep. And then he loses his job for that. I think he's yep. hungry to win. And I think a lot of these guys are. There was the philosophical differences, and I understand people viewing that as a negative, like John Mosaylock with the Cardinals. Oh, we weren't agreeing. And Schilt was calling out Mosaylock in a meeting, I think. That was like the behind the scenes thing. And it wasn't with Mosaylock in the room, it was just like a coaching staff meeting. Right. But I'm like, shouldn't that be a good thing? is, not, yeah, you should confront Mosellock if you agree, disagree with them in person, and I'm sure that they were going to do that, but you should express your opinion. If you disagree, express your opinion. And Preller hinted that at the presser, um, or one of the Zooms that he did, uh, I think before, like when the manager search was just getting going, about how what pisses him off or pisses the Padres off when people – they're given the opportunity to say something in the room. They don't yeah, say it. Yes, and man. then, yeah. And then, well, no, 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 not that. But they leave the room and then they say it. It's right. like, no, say it to me. Say it in the room. Like, we want that discussion. And Schilt, I feel like, is that guy. People can say, oh, it's another yes man. I don't see it that way. He is someone that can express his opinion. I think that right now they have the good relationship. And I think that will help. Having the previous relationship will help for a couple years that they had a relationship. And I think that's a good thing where you didn't have that with Bob Melvin. Schilt knows what he's getting into. And I think he, right, he was more committed to this Padres team than 
Bob Melvin was. So, yeah, I, I right. think that this was the right move. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. There's some times where I thought it was the right move and it doesn't work out. There's some signings that you feel like it's the right move and it doesn't work out. But I feel like the Padres are in a good spot with Schilt. Who do you think should be the bench coach, hitting coach? I think those are the only two or maybe third base coach. Yeah, third base coach because Williams left. Who do you think should be in those roles? I mean, uh, I don't even really know, to be honest. With hitting coach is kind of just like, I've kind of lost interest in it. Yeah. We get a new one each year. I mean, Adrian would be cool. Adrian Gonzalez. Yeah. Obviously, he was like our favorite players growing up. But, uh, yeah, really just – I mean, I would love a guy like Chili Davis, but I don't, I, like, I don't know, like, what hitting contracts are under – or what hitting coaches are under contract and whatnot, you know. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, I think, you know, Phil Nevin's an interesting name. Some of the guys – you know, Benji Gill, obviously, is a name that gets brought yeah. up. Um, and those would be interesting for sure. I just don't know how Schilt would feel about those guys because they were in the manager search. So if something goes wrong, do the Padres? I don't think they would quickly pull the trigger like that on Schilt. Yeah. At least I hope that they wouldn't I, do that. I think Schilt's safe for the whole year. Um, I really think this is really a one-year contract, to be honest. Yeah, um, him yeah. and Preller, right? Right. I think they're tied together. If it goes, if it's a failure again, they're both gone. And they're just going to clean house. And yeah. Start over pretty much, but yeah. That's what it feels like. The thing is, if you get like Benji Gill or Phil Nevin as the bench coach, like you wonder like how they'll feel. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're interviewing for the same job. Now Schultz, your boss, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) So that that was kind of the thing with Flaherty, right? Where it feels like it was, okay, pick me or pick him. And the other guy's not staying. Maybe Schultz would have stayed in an advisory role, but he was not going to be on the coaching staff. I, I don't think he was, he would be taking orders from Ryan Flaherty. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, all right. Let's go to the chat here. Main sponsor of the show, Gaglione Bros. Famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Main location on Friars Road. Best cheesesteaks, garlic fries in San Diego. They're at Snapdragon Stadium and Petco Park. Um, let's see here. Summon Substance says, if we can't afford Soto, why are we even thinking about signing Otani? We're not thinking about signing Otani. Where have we... Have you seen anywhere about the Padres thinking about signing Otani? That was last offseason where we were dreaming about that. And that was before Bogarts happened. I think once that happened, it was kind of like, okay, it's not going to happen. And then when we hear about the the $50 million loan and all that stuff and the lowering of payroll, no one's thinking about that. I feel like that was someone trolling. That's or someone that's just not paying attention at all. And they just see Otani's available and they're like, hey, Padres, go get him. Yeah, they're not getting Otani, and it's actually surprising that they're like not even like rumored. You know, like they're yeah. usually in on everybody. Well, John Heyman, John <laughs> Heyman put Otani in the same paragraph with the Padres. Like the Padres continue to be linked. That was like this past right. week, and that made me laugh because there's no way that the Padres are signing Otani. Um, Preston says here, I think AJ is going to trade Soto as a backup plan. That's not his preference. No, it's not his preference. He doesn't want to trade Soto again. But in order to, to build more of a complete roster, trading Soto, it feels like, is necessary. Like, good luck constructing a complete, almost complete, as complete as you can get it without Soto on your team. Good luck constructing that with $11 million of room. Right, like yeah. Just, just in baseball, it's not 1980 anymore. Like, the contract just cost way too much. The same, the same way they talk about Preller wanting uh, Otani like as his white whale. I'm pretty sure Soto is pretty close to the exact same. Yeah, thing. So it was this, him and Otani. Yeah, that's his yeah, two. This is killing AJ as much as it's killing us, probably. So, yeah, for sure. Devin says here, Blue Jays are apparently the new favorite to land Soto. Yeah, that's according to Hector Gomez. You can take that for what it's worth. Alec Manoa says, or Alec Manoa was a name that was brought up. What do you think, Ben? Should the Padres take on? Manoa, yeah, I'd like Manoa. He has the upside. It wasn't that long ago that he was a very good pitcher. He was an all-star. He was on the mic in the all-star game and just shoving. Like, yeah, he, the personality, it's it's great. Um, I just don't know the, if the Blue Jays are willing to give that up. In a Soto deal, I think they would. Right. But how much on top of that? Like, I don't know if you're getting Manoa and Tideman. You know, number one pitching prospect, and then you're going to give someone that the Blue Jays probably still – want to see still pitch for them in their rotation and end up being a key part of their rotation. And he's not making much money under control. So the Blue Jays don't want to give up on him and they don't want to trade Ricky Tideman either. So it feels like it's a one or the other in that deal. And what else are you going to get in that deal? Because you're not just going to get one of those guys and that's it. Like you're going to need more for even if it's just one year of Soto, you're going to need more than that. Right. And the Yankees do have the better farm system. Um, yeah. And the thing with the Yankees that you can hold against them is, you know, they're probably they're going to resign Soto. The Blue Jays, I don't know. Um, and it's not really like I'm not saying they don't have money. It's just like 
a lot of players don't like to play in Canada. You know? Yeah, does Soto want to be? Because I yeah. know that there's going to be the argument, oh, money talks, biggest money offer. Well, is that true? I mean, it, because Boris is his, is his agent, yeah, we're all going to assume that. But Strasburg stayed with the Nationals. Altuve stayed with the Astros. Like, there are cases where if the player, like, the player works, or he, excuse me, Boris works for the player. People think, I feel like that gets forgotten sometimes. I feel like some players are like, they're just going to listen to Boris all the time because it's Scott Boris, right. and they'll just listen. But there are players that do have the confidence in themselves, and they don't care, and they just say, no, you're working for me. I'm not working for you. And maybe Soto is that guy. Uh, but yeah, Toronto is an interesting thing. I don't know if he wants to be there long term. I, so I with New York, really East Coast, agree. it feels like that's more of a fit than Toronto would be long term. Oh, and New York is the perfect fit for Juan Soto, to be honest. Uh, he's going to hit like 40 plus home runs every single year in yeah. New York. Um, and the thing is, like, He's going to be, like, marketed as, like, the greatest thing since sliced bread, which he already is. And he was in Washington and San Diego, um, two teams that aren't really, like, popular teams in the U.S., I would say. Right. If you're a Yankee, you're a Yankee, you know. Like, he's Hall of Fame. Not that he isn't already, but, like, you know. There's just a thing when you put on the Yankees uniform that's just, like, it puts you up here rather than – being anywhere else, you know? Yeah. I mean, they'll, right. they'll talk about it on first take. Stephen yeah, A will talk right. about it on, on right. first take, even though he doesn't know what he's talking about, but he'll talk about it on there. Exactly. Uh, Johnny says the Yankees are offering Michael King, Drew Thorpe, Clark Schmidt, Johnny Brito, and they're not offering that. The Padres want that. No one, wants a, one that, year, no one <laughs> wants a one year rental, even Juan Soto. No, I'm, I assure you plenty of teams would want Juan Soto on a one year rental. They don't want to give up what the Padres are asking for. So the Yankees, unless you're you're seeing something, Johnny, that I haven't seen yet, the Yankees aren't offering that. The Padres want that. Right. They want King. They want Thorpe. The Yankees don't want to give up King. They don't want to give up Drew Thorpe. But you're going to have to give up one of those guys in this deal, I feel like. And the Padres, I don't know if they'd be willing to take Clark Schmidt if that meant that they got Drew Thorpe, or they have to take Michael King, but that means you don't get Drew Thorpe. I don't know if they're going to get both. Um, you know, Clark Schmidt, if you look at his baseball savant numbers, I posted this yesterday, it's not pretty compared to Michael King. And that's not everything, but it is an ind- it can be an indicator. And uh, obviously we can't totally project and know what's going to happen in 2024, but there's a reason why the Padres want King over Clark Schmidt. The, the thing with the Yankees package in return that's like the rumors going around is like, how do you not get like one of their outfield bats? Like, that, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I like think, really confused, like, how you can't even get like Pereira. I think like, you can. I think the Padres are choosing to go the pitching route right. because they like the Yankees pitching and they feel like they can trade for one of the Cardinals outfielders or they can trade for Randy Rosarena. They can trade for someone or go sign someone on a one year deal when, when they have the Soto money freed up. Right. And Pereira, they might think, yeah, we're interested, but he'll be a fourth outfielder. We don't want him playing every day in See, left Pereira, field. Pereira's a guy that, like, he won't be a main piece. Where, like, I, I wouldn't mind him. Like, he was really bad for the Yankees last year, though. Yeah. But he's a guy that you could put in center field at some point this year. Um, I think he's going to be more of a corner outfielder from what I've read. But, I mean, he's got some pop. I don't know how that would transition here. But I think I was thinking. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised by that as well. 
But I understand that the Padres, obviously, they value the Yankees pitching here. Mm -hmm. um, Oswaldo Cabrera, so, you know, Preller loves the versatility, and Cabrera can play infield, he can play outfield. Cabrera has the higher upside, according to Yankees fans. Mm -hmm. um, but even someone like that, like that's that's a guy I think the Yankees would be more willing to give up than Everson Pereira, and that's not even included in these talks. Right. Um, Alex says, do you think we flip guys we get in Soto deal to get Burns or someone like that? Maybe the lower, le lower level prospect guys, um, but I think that the Padres for a Juan Soto deal, you're not flipping, you know, Michael King. You're not flipping Clark Schmidt. You're not flipping even Johnny Brito or Randy Vasquez. Like, those guys can come help in 2024. It's more of the other, like, who are those two prospects that Nightingale mentions there? It depends, I guess, on who those guys are. Um, but I could see that. And Or it's not just flipping those guys, but adding on someone, adding on a Iriarte or a Mazur or someone in a Corbin Burns deal to whatever you flip to the Brewers. It's not just going to be the Yankees guys going to the Brewers. Right, yeah. I, they wouldn't flip anything they get in return because there would be no point. You might as well just do a three-team trade if you're going to do something like that. Yeah. Devin says here, if Soto is moved, should the Padres go after Randy or Rosarena? Uh, yeah, I mean, he has multiple years of control, right? I think I think two. Let me double check. I think he has, and it's it's a cheap deal. He's making you know less than ten million dollars a year. I know that. Right. Three years of control. Seven million dollars is his estimated base salary for this coming year. He's twenty nine, so this is like right in his prime. He's gonna be a free agent when he's thirty two, so that's not the best for him. Um, but yeah, three years of control. It's not thirty million dollars a year. I think he would love playing with the Padres, and the personality would be great for the fan base. Oh, yeah, yeah, I would go after it. Randy or Rose right <laughs> Yeah, I just wonder what the Rays would be asking for for Randy, um, because right. they're someone that does. They're a team that does have the history of, you know, they don't. They don't win all the trades. You can make the case that the Padres won the Tommy Pham trade, which was Cronenworth at least on the early years. Mm -hmm. The Snell trade, right? I mean, Luis Patino, is he hurt? What has he even turned into? I think he got Luis Tommy John, but he's that's a bust of a trade. Yeah, so yeah. the Padres can win deals with the Rays. It's possible, right. but there's just a history of them winning trades over the teams that they trade with. So that's but, – but some of those are – they traded, like, prospects to a team, and they got back glass – they got back – I think it was – no, was it glass now from the Pirates? Meadows guys like that and yeah. while they were with Tampa they worked and so they won those deals and then you know Meadows goes to Detroit and unfortunately some things have happened there so that's I just be cautious like, of what you give up the Padres are gonna have to reach out to guys like that though like Austin Meadows like they're gonna yeah you know like I think they gave up on David Dahl too early last year they're gonna have to get like their Nomar Mazzara you know it's just how it's gonna have to be this year yeah and you know having that depth also outfield-wise in AAA, because who do they have right now? Because Taylor Colway, they just, you know, he's not on there he's, anymore. He's gone, yeah. Um, like, it's just not there. I would imagine Marcy's going to be in AAA. Yeah. Um, Homer Bush will probably start in AA. Um, Liberato's gone, I think. So, like, they're going to have to get guys like that to fill out the AAA roster anyway, so. Yeah, JB says here Hoskins would be solid. That's like if they trade Soto, then maybe you entertain those conversations. But 
I don't know what he's going to be asking for. Is it a one-year prove-it deal? Is it a three-year deal? Is a team going to, you know, the Twins, like they need a first baseman. I know they're um, slashing payroll, which pisses off Twins fans, obviously, after what just happened uh, with their team going to the postseason. But what are other teams willing to give? Are they willing to give more than the Padres are willing to give? Are they willing to commit to Reese Hoskins? Are the Padres not willing to? Um, and, you know, you still have Jay Cronenworth here. And the contract yeah. just starting for seven years. And I'm not saying he should be the first baseman every day for the next seven years. But your situation right now is Bogarts doesn't want to move. Uh, Kim on the roster for now at third base to start the year, maybe. Cronenworth at second. So you have to bring in someone. Right. But how far away is someone like Nathan Martorella? Are you willing? Are the Padres? I know we're not, but as a GM, you got to look towards other free agent classes as well. I haven't looked, but what do those free agent classes look like? Is there someone right. that you'd rather go after in the future over Reese Hoskins? And you can bring in someone on a one-year deal um, as a bridge there. So, you know, Hoskins, yeah, it would be solid, but there are question marks. And I think that other teams would be more aggressive with him than the Padres would be. Yeah, I, I'm not like too sold on Hoskins. I, not that he's not a good player. It's just he plays in a little league field at, in Philadelphia. And there's cheaper options out there like Rowdy Telez. Plus, if, once you trade Soto, you're going to need a left-handed bat. Like, yeah. badly. Because Jake Cronenworth can't be your only left-handed bat. Especially if you're going to trade Grisham, he's a left-handed bat as well. Yeah. So you're going to have a lineup of all righties mainly. So. Yeah, if I look at the first base bats right now, you know, Rowdy Telez, yeah, that is a, an interesting name for sure. And that's a name that I would welcome. Uh, because he's not going to make a, a bunch of money for sure. Um, Brandon Belt, uh, that's a weird fit. He gets hurt. Uh, there's Joey Gallo. No, because I feel like that's one where it's like, yeah, it's a one-year deal, but a team's still going to bet on the potential of Joey Gallo and give him more than what the Padres should be giving him. Yeah, he got AJ. There's someone like million last year, which is yeah. <laughs> There's someone like CJ Crone, Carlos Santana. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Then there's a bunch of minor league names. Want to bring back Haas? We're still paying him a ton of money. Let's bring that guy back, huh? Oh, Clubhouse chemistry. Does that matter so much? He, he would have hit better than some of the guys last year. Yeah, T-Man Choi with two hits. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy how bad guys get when they come. It's it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. I'm just thinking about the Hosmer thing. The clubhouse chemistry thing was so like played up. Mm -hmm. And then he's gone. And then in 2023, his guy, Manny, doesn't believe in chemistry in the clubhouse. Yeah. And it's telling Kevin AC, what is this, college baseball, high school baseball? So it's like, why did you hold on to Haas for that long? Um, right. It's just weird. And it, he's, man, bring him back for April. You know, bring him back for April. Oh, yeah, no kidding. You got a batting champion in April. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and I was also thinking about this before coming on, and this is kind of the last thing here, unless there's other questions in the, the chat. Um, where, How far or how in such a short period of time, how just wild it's gotten with this Padres team. I mean, winter meetings last year in San Diego, we were there in the lobby, and we're like talking about some big names and how crazy it's going to be. And then they get Bogarts on, I think, the Wednesday of the winter meetings, Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, okay. All these 
you know, big names. The Padres were in on Judge. They were in on Trey Turner, all that. And we're hearing about the late night meeting with Aaron Judge. And then, you know, we're at this spot now. And it's like, yeah, Padres, they're going to trade Juan Soto. Peter Seidler's no, no longer with us. Manny's coming off of a down year. Big contract, but a down year. Cronenworth, down year, extended. Darvish, he's coming off of an injury. He got a big contract. And it's like, wow. No postseason appearance. I mean, don't forget about that. Right. Josh Hader gone. Blake Snell gone. Uh, Bob Mellon's with the Giants now, managing with the Giants. Like It's just crazy. All these things, if we would have said this to ourselves at the winter meetings, oh, I don't I know, know if we would have believed all of this stuff. Like, There's so much stuff that has happened in one year. This, uh, this offseason has been what nightmares are made of. I yeah. was telling somebody. Um, and I was talking to a Braves fan the other day. And I was like, I was telling him at one point we lost our Cy Young. Um, we lost our manager, our owner died, and we're broke. I don't think it could get any worse <laughs> than that. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's – and it's crazy because you had such a positive guy in Peter Seidler. I'm not saying others with the Padres aren't. Mm-hmm. Where you just believed everything was going to be okay because Peter didn't care what others thought. He was just going to keep trying for San Diego. Right. And I'm not – I just don't know about Eric Kutsenda. I thought he was going to speak to the media when they hired the manager. I we thought Eric Kruger was going to be around. Yeah, we don't know if it's, you know, right now it's labeled as interim control person, right. but the Padres labeled them as the chairman of the team. And maybe that's because they have to have a chairman right now. Um, but it's just like, we just don't know about him. So it's not anything personal against him. And I know he was great with Peter Seidler, long relationship, but it's not the same. We knew who Peter Seidler was. We knew how much he cared about winning for the city of San Diego and cared about people, human beings in San Diego, not just the Padres. He cared about the human beings, and we don't know about that. Does Eric Kutsenda live in San Diego? Like, now he does, but we, like, we don't know. So it's just a, it's a bunch of question marks, just like there's a bunch of question marks with this offseason. Yeah, and that, that's the thing with uh, Peter is just like you knew stuff was going to get done with Peter. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, that's where, like, I had confidence that Soto was not going to hit free agency at one point because he never lets anyone hit free agency. He didn't let. He was Muscle telling Marty Caswell, "No, we're not afraid of five hundred million dollars." Yeah, it's hey, just yeah. With this guy, I don't know. He probably is scared of five hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know a lot of people that wouldn't be scared of five hundred million dollar contracts. And yeah, it's just unfortunate that he's gone because, like, who knows if we'll ever get anything even close to that again. And yeah. it really feels like the Padres are back to poverty at this point. <laughs> yeah. In a way. Um, I know we still have tons of really good ball players. And I think if they fill the roster out um this year, I I think they still have a shot because I think a lot of guys are gonna be hungry. But those big splashes might be gone, you know. Yeah. That yeah. It's yeah, I don't want people to think that, oh, everything is so bad. I know everything we're talking about seems bad. Right. But there's still talent on the team. And right. some might not expect bounce backs from these guys, but I'm sorry. These guys are super – they're really, really talented baseball players. I'm sorry. I'm going to believe in Manny Machado. I'm going to believe oh, yeah. in Xander Bogarts when he's healthy. And that's obviously a question mark. But when he's healthy, I'm going to believe in Xander Bogarts. He's not going to hit you 40 home runs. But right. I'm not saying that he – I don't think he needs to do that. Jake Cronworth can't be worse than he was this past year. And he's not someone like 
someone that has played for the Padres in the past that's just going to sit there and say, yeah, I've won gold gloves and I've done all this and I've won a World Series. I'm not going to look and try to change. Like, Crony is going to be willing to put in the work, I think. That's who he is. And he's one of the leaders on the team because of that as well. You know, like, I believe in Musgrove. Yes, there's health questions with some of these guys. But I believe in these guys. And I believe they're pissed off about what happened. And hopefully it's not going to happen again. Um, and, you know, a $200 million payroll, a lot of teams would love to have that. Mm-hmm. And there's some fans that are going to be like, don't say that because the payroll, yeah, it's a big payroll, but look at the contracts and look at the players. But why did the Padres give those contracts out? Because right. those players had talent. And I think that the, they still have the talent there. Last year, it was just something that feels like never is going to happen again with all the things that went wrong. And hopefully there's more buy-in. There's more um, not relaxed uh, attitudes with you know yeah. the beginning of the year and thinking that everything's just going to turn around and really feeling like they have to go earn everything. Yeah, and I like you said, I think everyone's got something to fight for this year, and that's why I think Mike Schilt is the guy because Bob Melvin seems like he has like a chill personality, which is fine. It works with some guys, but I think mm-hmm. – Mike Schilt's going to make sure you're ready every day you come to the ballpark. And each guy kind of just has their own thing that they need to prove, you know. Um, I think Manny's going to have a big year, obviously. And his down year is 29 home runs, almost 100 RBIs. Like, come on, you know. Yeah. It's not as bad as, like, we make it sound. We're not going to have Soto on the team. Everyone's going to have to get over that. Um, but we'll fill out the roster. Um, I think Manny's going to have a big year because I think he – is going to play in Peter Seidler's honor because I think they were really close. Um, I, Joe Musgrove, you could rely on to be a dog every single time. Happy birthday, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Tatis is not going to hit 25 home runs a year. I, he's going to have an MVP caliber year. Um, Xander Bogarts is on the Hall of Fame track. He's not going to let it slide to have a year like he did last year. Um I, I would expect Bogarts to hit at least 20 home runs. Like, come on. Yeah. You know? Like, they're going to – there's going to be production there. Can right. they miss the postseason next year? Yeah. It's not a – it's not – I know there's a lot of Padres fans that probably don't feel good about their postseason chances because there's going to be other teams trying to improve as well, and they're going to make the big splashy signings, and we're going to sit here and say, well, we traded Juan Soto. We didn't make the splashy signings. We didn't keep Soto. But there's still a lot of talent on this team, and – you just don't know. Like, baseball is such a long season. Get in. Like, that's sure. We want to win the NL West and all that, but just get no. in. There's talent. I believe in Mike Schilt. And I think that, you know, it can't get worse. And and last year, yes, they were not an above 500 team. Yes, they finished above 500, but that's not what they were. Right. I understand that. But I feel like that's not, not going to happen again. Yeah, I just everything went wrong last year, and it's. I mean, it's 2023 is just not the year of the Padres, you know. Like the off season sucks too, you know. But um, yeah, they all got something to prove, and the MLBs pretty much turned into basketball to where if you get in, everyone's a contender, you know. Yep. So it, divisions don't really matter. I mean, I would love to win the division, get the top seed, get a buy. Obviously, anyone that complains about getting the buys. <laughs> You advance around in the playoffs. I don't know why everyone complains about that, but uh, yeah, if you get in, you're a competitor. I mean, look at the Diamondbacks. You know, yeah. if one game went differently, the Padres are in, the Diamondbacks aren't in. You know, 
Yeah. Yep. All right. I think that's it in the chat. That's all I got. Jacob Redondo, thank you so much for the time. This has been episode 530, Talking Cars podcast and YouTube show. Winter meetings are underway. Obviously, emergency shows or emergency videos if anything comes out. Preller expected to talk to the media today, tomorrow, Wednesday. Schilt on Tuesday. So we'll see if they say anything uh, of note. Uh, Preller, that's probably a no. We'll see what happens. If there's any like coaching staff news, that's going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, it should be an interesting week. Obviously, we're all on Soto Watch, and we'll see what happens. Again, thank you everyone for the time, and see y'all later.